Hello, welcome to our new episode of Eastcast. This is Li Xi and Kangsha. Information and cyber action have been important but ancillary components of the Ukraine war since its outbreak on the twenty fourth February twenty twenty two, and today we will talk about the warfare between Ukraine and Russia. We're very happy to have a special guest to talk to today, Xianya Ilik. She works for Let's Data. In cooperation with Detect Media, mainly analyze online media discourse around Ukraine and provide data-empowered insights. She specializes in leveraging the power of artificial intelligence to identify and expose hostile information influence, in particular on social media. Among the key topics, she studies malign information campaigns and computational communication. So we are more than excited to welcome Xenia. It's lovely to have you here, Xenia. So the first question that we would like to ask you is: Can you tell Can you tell us a little more about what you do at Let's Data and what Let's Data does to combat Russian propaganda? Thank you so much for having me.、Um, so Let's Data is a Ukrainian startup, and what we do is mostly we use we use AI to uncover. Communication risks and opportunities in information environment. So we believe in, in in two things when it comes to malign information campaigns. That first of all, you need to view the information environment comprehensively in order to understand whether you need to react or not to react to something. Because、uh, we have this kind of、uh, you know like stereotype that any kind of fake. Information, any piece of fake information, should be addressed and should be debunked, which is not actually、um, a correct approach when we look at information environment overall. Because we spend a lot of time and money for debunking, it's very expensive. While producing fakes is very cheap. That is why it is very important to know exactly. Be able.、Uh, that's what we use AI for. We see how the information is developing. Like this specific fake, for instance, is it going viral? Is it going from migrating from Telegram to Facebook or not? And we use these different types of indicators to understand: is this something worse reaction, or it is better to leave it like that, and just in two or three days it will fade away. Uh, so that's the first part, and the second part is that we also believe that.、Uh, Like fighting malign information campaign is not just about debunking. It's not just about saying that okay, this is not true, and that is why.、Uh, we believe that it's about amplifying truthful narratives and amplifying truth overall, and that's what have been, we have been doing since the start of full-scale invasion uh, of Russia、um, from the perspective of Ukraine's information environment, because the true. Um, pillar of Ukraine's resistance and resilience to Russian malign information campaigns came from the people, from average Ukrainians spreading truthful narratives. So it was very important to understand it, analyze it, and to deliver these insights to different organizations, non-governmental PR companies, and that were able to amplify those truthful and positive messages. Um, that's super insightful and not something I thought about before. I would just like to ask, how well do you think an average Ukrainian is at combating disinformation, and does the average Ukrainian understand the power it holds over misinformation narratives? I would say that、uh, I mean, like at the Texas Media, where I worked previously as a head of research, we've been doing、uh, different studies of.、Uh, 
Ukrainians awareness of uh, propaganda and disinformation and threats coming of it. We, we had even like an quantitable index of media literacy, which we were like uh, evaluating every year. And we, we had lots of data showing that the level of understanding, the threat perception is growing and overall the skills are growing. Um, the skills to be able to identify it, to like different pillars of media literacy, let's call it that way. So we saw that Ukrainians are pretty good in that, I would say, but definitely with the start of full-scale invasion and the closer it was to the full-scale invasion, uh, the more doubts I had as a professional is in this field because we were like we were analyzing uh, information environment basically 24 per 7 and we've seen a huge increase in, in in amount of fake information so like i personally thought that it would be very hard for ukrainians to resist to not be overloaded with it not to mention to act constructively in such a terrible like scenario, you know, when, 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 when basically you, you hear the bombs outside of your window and stuff like that. So it's very hard for, for just average people to, uh, think critically in that moment to understand, to take into account the propaganda and disinformation and so on and so forth. But I was very surprised and I'm still surprised till today how resilient Ukrainians are to Russian disinformation. Just one example is like one month ago, there was a nationwide polling of Ukrainians and over 90% of Ukrainians believe in Ukraine's victory, which is like a best example of that Russian propaganda and disinformation is not working when it comes to Ukrainians. So it's like the second part that the first part is that Ukrainians themselves realize um, that propaganda and disinformation is something that kills literally uh, and everyone kind of find right now it personal that's why it's like the second part of it so that people not only started protecting themselves from propaganda and disinformation but they started protecting others and they've started fighting it and 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 spreading the truthful messages to different audiences from like basically all around the world you're right it seems to me like all of us have started to feel the need to combat disinformation in our own little way. I understand that you've been working in this sphere for more than eight years now, and there has been a shift of focus in your line of work since the 24th of February. Can you walk us through your current research and some of your findings? Uh, I would first differentiate it like in two spheres that, that we like uh, analyze. So the first is malign information campaigns targeting Ukrainians within the scope of full-scale invasion and malign information campaign targeting different countries worldwide and world international community as it is because they are very different in the nature of its messages and narratives they are pretty different I would say even though most of the the tactics are still the same because the tactics are not very different when it comes to Russian propaganda and disinformation but what I would like to bring up is like First, is that we are trying to focus more and more on the hybrid nature of malign information campaigns and to study that, to see, and one of the main conclusions that we see is that the nature of malign information campaigns, like the hybrid nature, is getting more and more developed, targeting average citizens 
What I mean is that we have a record of dozens of cases when the Russian propaganda disinformation started using like phishing targeting just average Ukrainians, you know, producing different types of fake documents, uh, like use even even play with the things like uh, having different type of apps that collect the data, you know, and, and transfer it directly to the to the Russian military, which is like a direct threat to to not only national security, but but to the personal security. We've seen different kind of um, malinformation, you know, about the military personnel that they collect from the uh, either from open sources or they have some kind of information that they use to blackmail the families of the soldiers and so on and so far. So I would say that it is very interesting to see from the research perspective how more and more hybrid it is becoming, combining like for ourselves, we we say that it's like cyber digital information, communication, and cognitive security. I mean, it's a lot of concepts at the same time, but that's how actually it works. It's not only about the messages anymore. It's not only about um, just TV or posts on social media. It's about this very hybrid nature of of malign information campaigns that Ukrainians are experiencing right now amid Russia's war against Ukraine. That's something really important that you've brought up is this hybrid warfare aspect. Um, but it's not a new phenomena for Ukrainians, right? That just began in 2022. It's something that's been going on for eight years now. There's obviously the propaganda aspect of it, but also the massive cyber attacks that we've had on national power grids in 2015. This isn't new for Ukraine. We even had slowly intensifying cyber attacks on various government websites right before the war began. Now, while some of us missed these signs or didn't pay attention to them, something was obviously brewing. For someone from Ukraine like me, this seems to be the norm, while from an outsider perspective, I guess, this entire information warfare sphere seems to be completely new in line with conventional warfare. But now that this is... Sorry, go. Uh, that's very true, and I would just add that, like, it's very interesting because in 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 back in 2013, 2014, uh, we've seen the effectiveness of them, and that like the amount of success that Russia had, even like in cyber attacks, in malign information campaigns overall, the success was very high. Like when we look at the 2022, Ukraine actually got prepared. So all these eight years. There was a lot of work going on and we see the results because frankly speaking, if you even look at the all, all the publicly available information that we have on cyber attacks, it wasn't like we can't, we can't even name like some big successes uh, of Russia, like taking over control of, of some critical infrastructure or just like there was, you know, this very pathetic attempt, attempt of, of um, a group of Russian hackers to hack Ukrainian television, like because we have now the uh, united broadcast of all like key national channels. But the only thing that they were able to hack was this running line, you know, down the, the down the TV screen uh, where they like uh, just put the, the words like, OK, Ukraine is um, uh, Ukraine decided to surrender, uh, which was ridiculous because the hosts were saying completely different things and stuff. So, um, but that that is like a great example of the top capabilities. 
And I mean, the world and Ukrainians uh, themselves, we were honestly, we were expecting much more from Russia. You know, we have this image of extremely sophisticated Russia's malign information campaigns, but as we see, it's kind of the same as with Russian army. It, we 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 fe- we feared it more than we we needed to. Yeah, I remember sort of like that weak attempt of a Zelensky deepfake as well, right? That came out in the beginning months of the exactly. war. That was also so improbable to the point that it was laughable, which is, it's funny that it came out yeah. something from the Russian media, a Russian governmental agency or whoever does it. Since the last eight years have been so crucial in building up cybersecurity defenses, was it just the Ukrainian government's doing or were there other partners such as different countries and NGOs involved? Yeah, so I would just start by saying that definitely a lot of partners involved. Definitely so different kind of people, organizations and uh, Ukrainian civil society. Ukrainian civil society is actually one of the pillars of, of Ukraine's resistance in different domains and different fields. So it's very important to understand that the type of overall the situation, the the full scale war, even if like imagine that Ukraine as a state, meaning like state institutions and and different state departments would be like 100% ready, it's still the scope of it is like way more complicated than a state would be able to face. So it really requires different actors involved. And in Ukrainian case, it involved like business, it involved uh, civil society, and it actually involved a lot of average Ukrainians. Thank you for your expertise and insight. So under these circumstances, how should Ukraine, NATO, the international community and the public respond to Russian cyber attacks? What are maybe some innovative ways to use social media to combat information operations? I would say that first overall is that it's very important to have the very high level of threat awareness. Because that was one of the also the key keys in different sectors for decision makers on different levels. Like if we talk about some, let's say, ministers, centers of Stratcom, for their decision making. So understanding of a threat, what is the threat, what's the scope of it, and that it is very real, it's very important. And it's also important for just citizens, you know, when they make decisions, especially when they, because they basically, citizens are often the main target of, of malign information campaigns. So even when they make like even such a small decisions, you know, whether to repost something on Twitter or not, this is something they have to have in mind. So this threat awareness should be very high on so many levels with so many different actors and stakeholders. So when we have that, uh, then when it comes to, I wouldn't say innovation, because the thing is that, of course, we use like AI for different types of analysis and, 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 and being able to identify malign information campaigns and to do that as soon as possible even to predict it. And we've had several cases when we were able even to predict some cyber attacks because usually malign information campaigns, they either uh, go before the cyber attack happens or in the process or afterwards, they're just following up. So we've had cases like that and we've had different cases when we were able to predict how like that this is the malign information campaign that will take place. 
So I would say, of course, definitely innovation on that part, but it is still just very important to be very coherent and systematic in all of the act actions when it comes to uh, communication, because when it comes to malign information campaigns, Russian malign information campaigns, they are honestly very, we, we know pretty much about them already. Uh, we have different knowledge, uh, especially, I mean, Ukrainian expertise as being the target of it for much more than, than eight years already. We have uh, a lot of understanding of how they work. So it's just very important to build this defense before they attack, meaning that the strategic communication should be in place. It should be ongoing, unstoppable, and there will, should be no gaps in communicating with citizens, uh, because if there is any kind of information gap, any kind of information vacuum, it will be immediately filled with uh, propaganda and disinformation. And that is so simple and logical for us when we talk about it. But unfortunately, with my practice, like I've, I've been working in the field for like eight years, and uh, it is still, we talked about, we understand it. But in so many countries, when it comes to how it works, it's still not there. There is still a huge lack of uh, coherent approach and uh, coherent strategic communication. Exactly. Especially nowadays, we can see that it's pretty common now to use OSINT, open source intelligence, as a tactic to spread information, no matter for government, for media, or just for normal internet users. So for us as common users, could you please also give us some advice what each of us can do to combat disinformation? I think I would give two two pieces of advice. One is more uh, philosophical and one is more practical. So the more philosophical one is actually to have the, the credo for future. Because when, when we look at the nature of uh, malign information campaigns, uh, Russian ones, they are all based on the past. They want to drag you in the past. They want to bring that past in your everyday life. So it's honestly very important, even in a time, in a very dark times, to have this positive outlook, to be able to believe that we will go through it and to be able to find these positive things and appreciate them. So it's rather a philosophical thing, but it is very helpful for the personal resilience and for the personal mental health because it, malign information campaigns, they attack our mental health quite a lot. And most of people, they um, just underestimate it because of lack of the knowledge and the scope of, of uh, and the threats coming from them. So that would be rather a philosophical one. The more practical one is diversify the sources of information you consume for yourself and don't be afraid to amplify the truthful narratives that you have i often ask especially like europeans like oh but how do you know what is the truth there are so many different versions and so many different stories but that's what actually propaganda and disinformation wants us to believe of course the truth is sometimes very complicated it requires more knowledge it has a lot of yes buts and but the truth is always there and you have to seek for it every time. You have to have knowledge about this. You have to push yourself and to make it like a skill for yourself. 
And when you do that, when you find some piece, a piece of very useful, truthful information, do not hesitate to share it with, with others. Even like if you have two subscribers on Twitter or uh, just, you know, 100 followers on Instagram, it is not about the quantity of the people that will see the message. It's just about you being persistent and actually being, uh, yeah, being coherent in what you do. You're completely right about the fact that we can all do our bit irrespective of how big or small our audiences are online. Thank you once again, Senya, for doing what you do with your fight against disinformation and Russian propaganda. It was a pleasure having you join us today. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the EastCast. Be sure to check the other episodes out as well. Bye! Bye.